Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm on cool. Me too. You're doing great, dude. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on cool. Is that my advice to you? And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, good boys. Uh, here I am, and here Ian is, coming from outside of Denver, Colorado, Centennial, Colorado, Mr. Ian Milligan. Pete, welcome to the Go Abundance Podcast. Thanks, Pat. Awesome to be on. So, uh, Ian Milligan, Pate, why do you have the hyphen name? Yeah, that's always the, that's always the first question. So, I, I have both of my parents' last names and uh, don't really have a good why for it other than uh, I grew up in the Northeast. My parents were kind of hippies, uh, big liberals, and uh, that's, uh, that's kind of a thing out there. So they're like, hey, let's just do the, the last names, and then they just did that. And the Pate, so Milligan Pate. Okay. Well, that's cool. Hey, it works, right? Are you going to do that with your kids, or do you do that with your – no, no. If you did it, then it would be Milligan Pate, and then you'd have to know another dash with your wife's last name on there, right? Yeah, if you play it out, it doesn't play out well, right? It's, uh, no, my kids have both of my last names. Yeah, I guess they have to, right? You know, I mean – Wow. Okay, cool. Well, anyways, let's, let's, uh, let's find out about you. So like, you know, give me the, give me the story. Like who's he, who is Ian and, uh, you know, give me the five minute rundown, uh, day you were born till now. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, parents separated when I was, uh, young and grew up mostly with my mom. Got in a lot of trouble, uh, early in my teenage years, just kind of smoking and drinking and getting into fights and dumb stuff like that in, in the small town that we lived in. And uh, I was going down a, a pretty bad path, um, but a couple things happened that, uh, that kind of helped me straighten things out. One was my mom actually ended up moving us out of that town into the city, um, which, you know, you would think a kid could get in more trouble in the city, but for me, it was actually a, a better environment. Uh, and then the other thing is I turned out to be a pretty decent athlete and uh, got really into to soccer and so that mostly uh, mostly kept me out of trouble for the rest of uh, my teenage years. And um, when I was in high school, I met my wife, Kachala. Uh, so we dated throughout high school. And um, when we finished high school, she's originally from Brazil. And when we finished school, she actually went back to Brazil with her family. She didn't have much choice. They went back, and, and she went back with them. And uh, I went off to college. I uh, went to the University of Denver to play soccer. 
um, which uh, ended up playing only for one season and focusing mostly on uh, on skiing and, and having a good time and a little bit of studying mixed in. But uh, she went back, and uh, we kind of did the off-and-on long-distance thing while she was in Brazil. I went out to visit her a couple times, and um, the, what ended up happening, kind of a crazy story, is she actually ended up getting pregnant while she was down there. And uh, we ended up getting married in a courthouse in Brazil when we were 20 years old. And uh, our son was born right around the same time, our older son, Sincere. And so I'm still in college full-time in Denver. She's in Brazil with an infant. And the plan was to get them back to the States. And uh, the, the problem we had was when she was here as a kid, her family had overstayed their visas. Uh, they came on like a six-month tourist visa and ended up staying for like six years. Um, and she was held responsible for that by the U.S. government. So long story short, it took like two and a half years to get them into the States, uh, her and my son. Um, so I was kind of going back and forth during that time. And we finally got them here in 2006. And uh, that was kind of the, the start of our life as a family. And in the meantime, I was finishing up school and um, had gotten started in sales, doing door-to-door uh, -door sales with an MLM company, kind of getting my my teeth kicked in doing direct sales, um, but it ended up being a great thing for me because I, you know, through that, I launched my career in sales. I got in, ended up getting into technology sales, which is what I've been doing for like the last you know, decade and a half. Um, and then the other thing that, uh, that sales did for me is it got me into personal development and kind of introduced me to positive psychology and those things. And, uh, and that's been a big part of my life as well ever since. So they get here in 2006. Um, at that point, I was still finishing a, a grad school degree and uh, working as like an inside sales rep, making 50, 60K a year. And, you know, we were we had one car. We were still driving the car I had when I was in high school and uh, living in like a $600 a month apartment. And uh, I just kept working my way up the sales ladder in my company and got promoted a couple of times. And, you know, I remember I was like, it was probably like 2008, 2009. I think I was making 100K at the time. And to me, that was like it was like making a million bucks a year because our expenses were so low. But uh, that didn't last long because we we had our younger son Kieran in 2008, and then you know bought a house and did all the stuff that you do as as you start to grow the family. So I've stayed in tech sales since then. Kind of been through a bunch of mergers and acquisitions. Worked for a few different public companies, and uh, and that's been a, a good ride for me. And then we also started investing in real estate um, back in 2013, and um, built up a decent little portfolio of singles and small multis here in Denver and uh, got to the point where we had like eight doors. And then last year we decided to sell that all off and kind of cash out so that we could try to trade up into uh, in commercial real estate. Um, so we spent last year selling off those properties and now we're kind of sitting in cash and uh, we're actually trying to buy a, a mobile home park. Um, so I've been, uh, been pretty focused on that. And yeah, that, that takes us up to today. My boys are 16 and 11. Love being a dad. Love living in Colorado. We take advantage of the, the outdoor lifestyle. And, uh, and that's it. That's a hell of a story, man. That's, uh, that's kind of interesting how life is, right? I mean, like, I guess it, it could be like a blessing in disguise that, that she stayed in Brazil because it allowed, like you probably would have, if she was local, you probably would have dropped out you know, and then got a job as a bartender and God only knows where you would, have, you know what I mean? Like, so allowed you to finish school and allowed you to, you know, you just never know, right? You just never know. Yeah. It's a windy road, but yeah, I'm a big believer that all the trials and tribulations happen for a reason and we do it where they're supposed to, even though it's painful at the time. So I, I definitely see it that way. Yeah. So did you buy a mobile home park or is it something you're looking for? 
We're looking for, yeah, so we've been looking like since January. Um, we had we had one under contract. We went like all the way through due diligence for like, I don't know, the better part of two months and then kind of killed it at the 11th hour because we got hung up on this zoning issue that we couldn't get past with the municipality. So that was a little bit of a setback because we burned a couple months and some capital, but learned a bunch of stuff through that process. And now we're just back on the hunt looking for a deal. Are you trying to 1031 it? All your like like these eight properties. Can you ten thirty one all eight into one mobile home park? No, we just paid the gains and took the hit. I just didn't want to be on the clock. You know, it was like such a new thing to go into mobile home parks. So it was like, yeah, we'll just take the hit on the taxes, and that way we can try to do it right because we knew it was gonna take some time. Have you uh, did you have you been in touch with Buddy Martin? Yeah, I talked to Buddy. Yep, yeah, he's an awesome guy. Gave me some. You know, some wisdom from a guy who's been in the industry for a long time. And there's a few guys, Mike Ayala, talked to him. Uh, he's awesome as well. So, Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it's good then because, like you said, you're not under the gun. You're not going to fit a square peg in a round hole just to save taxes, which is, which is an interesting phenomena that's kind of happening. It's always happened with 1031s, but, but it's kind of happening now with um, – with the opportunity zones too, you know what I mean? And, but the, most of those deals are development deals. So the jury's not out, you know, obviously everybody thinks that you're getting to these opportunity zones and you're deferring your taxes for 10 years, but it's probably going to take five years before you even know whether you did fit a square peg in a round hole like, you know what I mean? Like a 1031, you pretty much know right away if you screwed up because like the cash on cash sucks after a year and where you, you value added to it and then you over, over improved it or whatever. Am I making any sense? That makes total sense. And yeah, we've actually seen some mobile home parks that are, you know, in opportunity zones and advertised as opportunity zone opportunities. And I, I don't really get it in the MHP space because, you know, part of the whole opportunity zone play is you have to invest so much in rehab, right? And uh, there's only so many things you can do from a capital improvement standpoint to a mobile home park. Yeah, you basically got to knock them all down and, and put all new ones in. I mean, you got to do, a, I think it's 100%. Yeah. So if you pay a million for it, you got to put a million dollars in new mobile homes or a million dollars in new structure. You know, you got to double yeah, it. Yeah, well, and for most people in the park space, you don't want to own the homes to begin with. So you don't want to be replacing them, right? Um, unless you plan to sell them off. So then you're like, well, you could replace infrastructure like water lines and sewer lines that. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's limits to what you can do. Yeah, and then, and then there's always a question of forced gentrification. You know, yeah. like is this is it naturally gentrifying, or are you for are you putting like this freaking beautiful building in a in a shitty ass area? You know, it's going to stand alone, or are you going to be able to push? I mean, that's it. It's just it's. I don't. No one knows the answer, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't really see it in the mobile home park space. And again, I, I don't own one, so I'm no expert. But it's uh, you know. This is workforce housing, right? <laughs> You're not well, you, but yeah, but you could over improve it. You could put you could you could build beautiful mobile homes and have awesome streets and awesome gutters and massive lighting and security cameras and all that shit. And then the people in the area could be like, Well, you know, I don't want any of that. You For know sure. what I mean? With the with the um with the opportunity zones. Anyways, time will tell. So so let's talk about you. So do you read Tribe of Millionaires? I did, yeah. What? Um, who's your favorite character? So I would, I guess I'd have to say Ethan, uh, just because I can, you know, relate to the, the journey of kind of, I guess, you know, you could call it going through the eye of the needle, right? And uh, 
in terms of the, the transformation that he goes through and the lessons and what he has to come to learn. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, what about the effect of the six effects? What do you think most is, is most resounding for you? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably mess up the name, but whichever one it is that you know kind of talks about you are the sum of the people you hang out with with most. Is that the influencer effect? Yeah, yeah. The or the multiplier effect, which is you know what I mean, where like one plus one equals four, not you know two. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, that's kind of why I joined Go Abundance is, you know, to, I guess, up-level my peer group and, and get around some of you guys. And so um, that definitely has made a, a big difference for me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's do some one-seat shit. Uh, here's a curious question, right? What's your credit score? <laughs> I don't know. I want to say it's around 750, maybe. Okay. You know, I started having my kids tell me that when I ask them, you know, um, it's a, uh, it's an interesting question. You know, had it, and I just I just pulled that out of my ass. But I I am um, it's not on the one sheet. And I was talking with David the other day about things you could add to the one sheet. How about like questions like um, how many pages are on your tax return? You know, because yeah. like his his are read. his are fifteen hundred. <laughs> yeah, I think mine are probably about a hundred, hundred and fifty, <laughs> nothing like that. Yeah. But it is kind of makes you think, right? Because the more lines of horizontal income, the more K-1s, the more tax returns. And the whole idea is to try to add, you know, more lines and more, you know, more things. So the wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. So um, why did you decide to sell all your residential units now? Well, so we were kind of trading up. So we got, we had some singles, we bought a duplex and then the last property we bought was a fourplex. And the plan was to kind of keep, keep scaling like that, you know, through cash out refis and stuff. And so try to get an eight, you know, an eight unit apartment building and, and keep kind of moving off the apartment building stack. And then as we were looking at that, we also in parallel started to to learn about mobile home parks and it just, the model made more sense to us, you know, the expense ratios or, or lower the cash on cash returns can be higher there's just there's a number of things that i think are favorable about them and so when we decided to do that it was like well we could try to you know cash out refi and, and roll some of that forward or we could just sell the whole thing off and we you know anybody who bought real estate in denver since the last recession looks really smart at this point right you know yeah did pretty well so we decided we would you know we're, we're somewhere near the top of the market who knows how close but we decided we would uh we would just cash out and, uh, you know, to be in a good position to go buy a couple parks, which is kind of where we're sitting today. What was, what was your horizontal income before you sold all that stuff? Those things were probably kicking off net like three grand a month. Total? Yeah, total across eight doors. Eight doors, 3,000 total. Yeah. So like, yeah. so 36 grand a, a year, right? Horizontal. Yeah. Yeah. What are your expenses? What are your personal family expenses now? I know you used to live dirt cheap. You still live like that or? I wish, man. Yeah, we're about 16, 17 grand a month. Yeah. So, so like uh, you were from a percentager basis, you were essentially about a 20 percenter, right? 
about 20%. And now I'm like a zero percenter because we <laughs> you know, slaughtered the hogs. And so now it's like a pile of cash, which, you know, feels cool for about a second until you realize you're, you know, you're only getting like 1.9% interest in the bank and money's not working for you. Yeah. It's interesting. Huh? All right. So, um, uh, what about, uh, what about health? Like, uh, what do you weigh? Uh, I'm about a buck 70. What do you, what do you want to weigh? Is that your ideal weight? I'd actually like to get up a little bit. I'm trying to gain muscle mass, which is, uh, is challenging, but, uh, yeah, definitely not any lower than that. What about, uh, body fat? Um, uh, don't quote me on it, but I think I'm about 16, 17%. Okay. Yeah. And then, so what do you do to exercise? I, I, you know, I work out five days a week. That's kind of my commitment to myself. And, you know, I don't have a real strict regimen, but usually of those five days, like three will be high intensity interval workouts. One will be heavy weights and one will be like a medium distance run, like three to five miles, something like that. Oh, cool. So you mix it up. Try Never the same so. thing. Yeah. All right. And what about, what about eating? Like what's your, what's your diet like? <laughs> well, right now it's kind of weird. So I was having like uh gut health issues and, uh, what do you mean? You were, like you were just farting all the time or, or you were had stomach aches or what was going on? Yeah. Stomach problems. Now I wasn't farting all the time. Stomach problems. Right. And, uh, and I, it's basically caused by inflammation and I, like I, I was seeing traditional GI doctors and they were giving me medication and steroids and anti-inflammatories and all this stuff. And it wasn't really working. They were just kind of trying to address the symptoms, but not really the problem. So I started, I sought out like a functional medicine doctor, like more of a naturopath and uh, I've been working with them and a nutritionist. And so they put me on this elimination diet. So since August, I've been on this elimination diet, which is kind of like, you could think of it like a really strict version of paleo. And uh, so what I eat is basically meat, veggies, sweet potatoes, but I, I don't have any added sugars, no grains, no seeds, no nuts, no coffee, no alcohol. There's a whole bunch of stuff, no soy that I don't have Holy shit. right now. This is since yeah, August? Kind of since August? Like three to the yeah, last couple of months? Yeah. How's it been? I'm healed. So that's awesome. Like that's all I wanted, you know, so like, the gut is better and now I'm kind of getting to this point where they start to do a slow reintroduction of foods, like one thing at a time to see, you know, what the triggers might be, right? They're causing inflammation and what you can take versus what you can't take. They couldn't do like a food sensitivity test and just determine it that way? I had that too, but yeah, it's, it's very, that's like a very inexact science and doesn't, uh, doesn't tell you much. And when you have inflammation, it's like it kind of sends your whole like your autoimmune system into shock, you know, and kind of overdrive. So you almost have to like cut everything is what I've learned and just get back to like a healthy baseline. So then, so then you get back and then you start reintroducing whatever coffee or you reintroduce, you know, something. And then one week at yeah. a time. And then if you're like, if, if, if you don't double over with pain or whatever, or have stomach aches, then, then you write it down. And you're like, okay, I can do coffee. And then you try something else. Yeah. You add something else. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's been good, man. Like I've never eaten this clean in my life. You know, it kind of sucks to have to go through that to get to this point, but you know, it's, uh, it's been awesome to eat so clean. I feel great. Did, it's been good did you lose weight you know, for a few months? Yeah. Uh, I probably lost 10 pounds just, you know, around the, around the gut and the love handles. Yeah. Well, that'll do it. Right. That's what does it. That love handle, you know, that, you know, all the, uh, everything you cut out, that's exactly what it does pretty much. But, um, all right, cool. So what about uh, giving back? What do you do to give back to the world? 
Yeah, so we, you know, we have a couple charities, like we like to give to feed the children and, and a couple others. We take care of family a little bit, so we send some money back to Brazil, you know, pay for my nephew's uh, private school down there and, Sweet. and other things like that. Yeah, so, and then, yeah, and then we give a little bit of time here and there with volunteering. All right, good stuff. Does your wife work? She's a stay-at-home mom, so she does the hard work, the real work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what my wife did the whole whole time we were raising her kids. So that's uh, that's great to do, especially at at my opinion, the stuff you read. It, you know the it, it, the best age to to have a stay at home mom or stay at home parent is actually in middle and high school because that's when they're getting into the shit, right? I mean, you could probably vouch for that yourself, <laughs> yeah. right? Because you said you went a little crazy in those years. You know, if having somebody there when they get home to ask them about shit is invaluable you know yeah yeah no doubt she's on top of them it's a little weird you know i think she's going through that transition where it's like they don't need her as much you know so that's uh that's challenging for her right that that happens they go away for they go away for a while they come back but yeah they go i mean they uh it's interesting but that's just uh, it it is hard and it's hard for the dad too right because they don't need you as much they don't want to like hang on you as much or or whatever that's awesome so what is the best vacation you ever took oh probably the last big one we went on which was we did uh london and amsterdam uh about a year ago it was awesome man and it was like you know the first time for us was really taking the kids abroad to like you know big you know metropolitan cities right i mean when they're little all the vacations hinge around like water parks and putt putt golf you know right so this was cool um which was really fun what all right so let's let's talk a little bit about like your greatest hits and stuff so you know any any musician has a greatest hits album and uh you know how old are you 36 so in 30 last 36 years you've had you know things that have happened in your life that you would consider greatest hits now a cliche would be you know um you know my first son being born or something like that so we'll try to try to think of some things outside of that but you know, like uh, events or poignant moments. So, would you say in the thirty-six years, what, what, were, what were five poignant moments that, if you were dying and you know, like in the movies, and it just flashed in front of your eyes, these five videos of these moments, what would they be? Yeah, so a couple fun ones, a couple serious ones. So, on the fun side, we went to the uh, the World Cup in Brazil. Oh, really? Back in twenty fourteen, that was pretty epic. Yeah. So that, that that would definitely be in the list. I went to Prague when I was in college for a semester. Um, that was uh, that was definitely amazing. Got to travel all over Europe and, and have some cool experiences. Uh, I think uh, you know real estate in general. I don't know if it's a moment, but just kind of learning to build that wealth snowball and proving to myself that I can do it. You know, like getting up to those eight units and then cashing out and now being able to roll it forward to the next step. Like there's still a lot long ways to go with what we want to do, but just getting to this far is definitely up there. And then the last two, I would say one would have to be, uh, I did this uh, personal development course um, called the Landmark Forum that like really kind of transformed my life and relationships. That was pretty huge. And then the last one was, uh, would probably be my, my dad passed away uh, just over a year ago. And um, just the time I got to spend with him towards the end of his life and, and when he was, you know, he was passing, that was, uh, that was pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah, th- those are perfect. I mean... I know, I know World Cup is on a lot of people's bucket list items. Where is it next year? Or next um, next time? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, uh, I think it's, 
is going to be in, I want to say Dubai, in the UAE, something like that. Mm. Wow. Yeah, you know, that's that's a big bucket list item, so it's cool you checked that off. And yeah, what was the other one that uh, thought, uh, came to my mind? What, what, uh, remind me of the five of them again? Your, your dad, uh, spending Prague. time with your dad, Prague. Yeah, yeah. Um, gonna, World Cup, real estate, and uh, the personal development seminar. Yeah. What, like, what, what, what was the one biggest thing you learned at Landmark Forum? It was really just for me, it was like healing like old damage relationships with, you know, with my parents, I think was the big thing, just getting freedom around that. You know, it was a lot of like incomplete kind of baggage and just uh, really kind of transformed that. Incomplete kind of baggage, like what? I think, well, my dad wasn't really in my life too much growing up, right? So that relationship was, was pretty torn, you know, and so I was able so to- So you were angry at him? And, yeah, yeah, definitely, like, at a subconscious level, for sure, because he wasn't around when we were growing up, you know, as much as, as I thought he should have been. So, kind of completing all that and, and getting past it allowed me to, like, really kind of recreate a new relationship with him, which I had for the last, you know, 10 years or whatever of his life that, that probably wasn't going to happen otherwise. Hmm. Yeah, I did some of that simil- sim- similarly. Uh, I think a lot of guys do. What, like, so talk to me about that. So, like, how did you get past that... Uh, that subconscious angst uh, against your father, you know, and, and I'm not saying he was right or wrong. I'm, you know, clearly he was wrong, right? I, I my belief structure, and I don't know the story, but it sounds, you know, I know for a while I was mad at my dad for, you know, not being around uh, as I felt he should have. Did, uh, like, what did you do consciously to get around that? Or what happened that you just, like, woke up and were like, okay, now I'm accepting of him or, or what? Like, what was it? No, like, the, the main premise of the Landmark Forum is that, like, the stuff that you bring with you from your past, that baggage or whatever you want to call it, like, it's not actually because of what happened. It's because of the meaning that you attach to what happened. Right. So my dad didn't abandon me. You know, my, my, what ha- that's, that's the story I had about it. Right. That's the meeting I attached to it as you abandoned me. But what actually happened is like if my parents' marriage didn't work out and, you know, <laughs> they got divorced. Right. That's what happened, you know, but the story that that little kid makes up is, Hey, you're not here anymore. You don't love me. You abandoned me. Right. So what you do in the landmark forum is you kind of see what the separation between what actually happened and the story you made up about it. And by kind of distinguishing that, it starts to give you some freedom, you know, around uh, around healing those relationships. Yeah, stories. I hear a lot of people talk. I never did it, but I I hear people talk about it, and they always use that term, stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. It's uh, it's like it's like you know, I it's the way I talk to people about it is like, look, you could go to therapy for like a million hours, or you could go sit in this room for three days and knock out what you would do in a decade, right? And just kind of power through it. So if you're into that stuff, it's uh, it's pretty powerful. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Um, all right, so let's talk about future greatest hits, buddy. What do you want the five to be, your five future greatest hits between now and the time you die? Yeah, um, so stuff that's high on the bucket list, uh, living abroad for six months somewhere, mm, for sure. One. I want to retire my mom. She's uh, she's still working. She's a school teacher, and she's you know she's getting up there. She'll be 70 in uh, a little over a year. Okay, so but, let, me, let me stop you here. What's the, de- what's the definition of that? Well, it would just be the, that's a good question. It would be to help, you know, offset some of her financial burden so she doesn't have to work. So she's a teacher, so she'll have a pension, but it won't be enough to cover all her expenses. So it would just be able to, like, be able to fill the gap every month for her, you know? So, yeah, you may want to figure it out, right? Like, what is it, like, 30 grand a, mo- a year, you know, five grand a month? 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably about five grand a month. Five G's. So you'd like to have five G's additional. You'd like to be a hundred percenter, let's say plus five G's and that five G's will go directly to your mom's uh, bills. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good, that's a good one. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. Become a full-time investor. So kind of transition out of uh, W2 world into, into full-time real estate. I like that. And then, uh, I want to bring my kids into the business with me. So once I kind of get to that point, you know, be able to, to somehow bring my boys, you know, into, uh, into the real estate mm. investing business. Have you, um, have you given them the DISC test? No, I haven't. Should I? Yeah. They might not be entrepreneurial. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've done it. I haven't had them do it, but uh, no, that's good. What are you? I don't know. It's been a while. I forget what the acronyms stand for. You're probably a probably like a DC or something like the, you know, you get you get things done. You have the ability to power through and push stuff through, but you're, you you seem very pretty detailed. Are you a numbers guy? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I don't love numbers, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely an analytical kind you're of average. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's, you know, some people might agree with me or not agree with me, but I think that, you know, as parents, too, we got to watch that, too. That's one way to spin off a kid, right, is expect him to be a tennis player when he'd rather play chess. You know, if he's a chess, right. if he's born a chess player, then let him fucking play chess, you know? So, so <laughs> if, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, like, or not. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Like with my girls, I got two girls and they're SCs, right? Which is what my wife is. It's more, more empathetic, you know, detail oriented, you know, very compassionate people, right? They didn't have an interest in like building an empire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like that's why I struggle with that one. Cause you know, like what I want for my kids and what I tell them is like, you know, look, go, go build financial freedom and then go do whatever the hell you want. Like, I don't, you don't want to be a school teacher. I don't care. That's great. But like go knock out that financial freedom piece when you're young and your expenses are really low and then you can do whatever you want and write your own ticket, you know? But if you wait and you build up that expensive lifestyle and then, you know, you got a bunch of debt and mortgages and all this, and then you're trying to build financial freedom like I am, that's a lot harder, right? You know, versus just getting started when you're young and don't have those responsibilities. What, um, if they were girls, what would you say? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I've never, uh, I don't think I would think about it any differently. In, in the United know. States society, it's a, it is a double standard, right? Like, like we expect our, our, our men to, to go out and conquer and we, and then, but if a woman, if a girl says, I want to be a school teacher, you know what I mean? Like, like we'd probably say, Okay, you know, as long as you're happy, but or or let's flip it, right? Let's flip it. Let's say, let's say you have girls and they and they bring home a dude. They bring home two dudes, right? On a Friday night, they have a date with a lawyer, and on a Saturday night, they have a date with an elementary school gym teacher. You know, as as a culture, I'm not saying you or me. I'm just saying as a culture. You're going to have parents that be like, oh, hmm, a lawyer, huh? Hmm. Yeah, then, no, we all have one like, biases on that stuff. Yeah, look at that, that gym teacher. He's lazy, you know? And, and, and again, I, I don't, I'm just making this up, but um, this is for a conversation piece. But I just wonder, I, I, you know, what, I don't know the right answer, but I'm just talking. <laughs> but yeah, have them do the DISC. They might not, you know, if they don't have D in them, you know, 
it's it's probably going to be frustrating to try to get them to build this this year. What is D again? What does that stand for? D is dominance. D is like you okay. know power. Like Donald Trump is a complete D. He doesn't give a shit about anything about solving the right. problem. Right, going from A to B in a straight line. Doesn't matter how many dead bodies end up on the sidelines in that straight line. <laughs> That's a D, and it's not saying you have to be as 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 D as Donald Trump, but I'm saying you. You know, you have to have some D in you, right? Or it's going to be, for the most part, I believe you have to have some D in you, some significant D in you to to be be, be an entrepreneur because because there's so many setbacks, right? You get your head kicked in constantly. Stuff fails. Not everything works, and uh, yeah. a lot of people just get too stressed out about that. And a D is like, okay, on to the next one. Like Trump has a fucking you know three hotels in atlantic city go bankrupt all right no big deal i got i'll just build another one in another place you know like a, a lot of people be crushed by that based on their personality so you know, you know what i mean like so i don't know just yeah you gotta have that drive and that risk tolerance and like for me that's sales too you know like i i think there's a lot of parallels between sales and entrepreneurship is you know you're betting on yourself right you know it might be like in the framework of somebody else's company, you know, you're betting on your own effort and abilities when you're in sales. And so you got to have that, that resilience. And that yeah. Job. And some people want to work for somebody else, right? They don't want the stress right. of, of owning the company, but I don't know who knows, but it's interesting. So, um, all right, cool. Well, what, where do you want to, where do you want to be? So your son's 16 and 11. So 10 years from now, they'll be 26 and 21. Like, where, where, how do you see things? What's your vision there? Yeah, so 10-year vision is like, um, you know, quote-unquote retired, right? But, but really investing full-time, you know, horizontal income, at least a million a year. Uh, and then, you know, really like I'm all about lifestyle design. So, you know, I'd like to spend like 25% of my time traveling, you know, for leisure, and just, uh, just kind of seeing the world and then be super active. You know, I'm into skiing, uh, running, hiking, like all the outdoor stuff, fishing, you know, everything you can do outdoors. So just, just have that make up a lot of my time and be able to support family. You know, I like to, like I said, be able to support my mom and also be able to support my mother-in-law if we can down in Brazil. And and then other than that, it's just, uh, you know, I have, have awesome relationships, you know, like level 10 marriage and level 10 relationships and be kicking ass. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So the the six months out of the country, right? And and you can't say Brazil. Where would you say? <laughs> yeah, some somewhere warm. Man, we're, we're beach people, so uh, I don't know. Maybe like Thailand, Bali, something like that. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't been. We may go in May of next year. We may go to both of those places. Have you been? No, I haven't been to either. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Costa Rica. Panama is pretty cool. I just went to Panama in November. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, there's all kinds of opportunities, yeah. Well, that's cool. Love it, man. Oh, Also, Greece. I always said, you know, I, I want to do the same thing, but I want to get a house on a cliff overlooking the ocean in Greece and rent out the house for six months, right? Yeah, I have some family out there in Crete, and uh, they have a house. I don't think it's on a cliff, but... My mom's been out there, but so it's on the list at some point for us to, to get out there for sure. Yeah. All right, cool, man. Well, uh, sounds good, Ian. Well, this has been a blast, buddy. It's good to get to know you. And, um, guys, I'm going to put all of Ian's contact information in the show notes. 
you want to reach out to him, want to say hello, and uh, anything you want to leave us with, Ian, before we sign off? No, this has been awesome, Pat. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, indeed, buddy. If I'm, I'm sure I'll see you soon. You're coming, uh, I guess, are you coming to Aspen? Is that a dumb question? Uh, I don't know yet. Yeah, I should be coming to Aspen because it's only a few hours drive, but yeah. I got the dates, so I'm trying to work it out. Okay, cool. Well, if I don't see you there, then I'll see you. Um, we may do the summer event, actually. It's, it was usually in Austin, but a bunch of people complained that it was too boiling hot. So we're, we're looking at doing the August uh, event in um, in Colorado as well this year. So, Oh, nice. Do some, do some hiking and some outdoor stuff. So maybe I'll see you there. Cool. All right, buddy. Good to meet you. Thanks, Pat. You too. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can create-